Hello and welcome. My name is Father William Maestri, and this is another edition of Gabriel's Trumpet for April the 9th, Easter Sunday. And before we begin, we would like to pray God's blessing that each and every one of you, your family and your loved ones, all those whom are near and dear to you, that they experience the fullness of the blessings, gift, and graces of the risen Christ on this most glorious, glorious day. Christ is not to be found among the dead, but the living. He has indeed risen, for this is the day the Lord has made. Let us truly rejoice in it and be glad. Our reading this morning comes to us by way of the Gospel of St. John, chapter 20, verses 1 through 9. John, chapter 20, verses 1 through 9. And in this particular passage, which recounts that first Easter, that Easter morning, on the first day of the week, John says, Mary of Magdala, came to the tomb early in the morning while it was still dark and saw the stone removed from the tomb. First, we know that something is in store for us, don't we? We'll talk in a moment about Mary of Magdala. But we are told that the stone has been removed from the tomb. St. Matthew in his gospel indicates that they had ordered a large stone placed before the entrance of the tomb to seal it, along with Pilate sent Roman guards so that no one could get in or get out to make sure that this notion of this resurrected Jesus, this resurrected Messiah, would indeed uh, never take place, Uh, that uh, they couldn't come and take the body, They couldn't uh, have him revive on the inside and find a way to get out. That any kind of plot or scheme by these followers of Christ would be foiled and the people could see the dead body of Jesus in the tomb. That's always the answer of the world, you know. It's still present today. There are all kind of forces, especially today, who want to roll the stone back across the tomb to keep the message that Jesus Christ is Lord, Jesus Christ is risen, our Savior, and so we are saved. It is to remain among the dead, in the tomb, never to be spoken of, never to be experienced, never to be shared with anyone. Let it die, let it fade from memory, so that the state or some political party or ideology can indeed rule our lives. But the stone has been rolled back. And it was still dark when Mary of Magdala arrived. She arrived to perform the ceremonial ministrations to a dead corpse when uh, after burial the Jewish law required that the body be anointed and cared for. Cloths 
be changed if necessary, and so on. So she's there once again on a mission to administer to Jesus. And Mary Magdalene may seem like a strange one to be the first one in John's gospel to encounter the Lord. But think about it a moment. Our Lord came, sent by the Father, to redeem, to save, to heal and forgive. Not the righteous, not the 99 who stay, but the lost sheep, the sinner, the publican, the outcast, those who are in need of the divine physician, not the well, for they have no need of a physician. And Mary of Magdala, whose past had been filled with sin, but she met the Lord Jesus. And the stone in her life which covered her heart that prevented the divine love from reaching into her, prevented her from believing such a love existed, that Jesus Christ rolled away that stone. She's also found at the foot of the cross on Good Friday with the Blessed Mother, St. John, the other Mary, and a few of the women at the foot of the cross. This is exactly why Jesus came. So who more fitting than Mary of Magdala? For Jesus wants to roll away the stone that covers our heart, that wants to prevent the divine reconciling healing love of God from making its way into our lives. But Jesus rolls it away. You are forgiven, you are redeemed, you are saved. You once again belong to the family of God. And so when this happens, she runs, went to Simon Peter and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved, John, and she tells them they have taken the Lord from the tomb and we don't know where they put him. So she misunderstands because the Holy Spirit hasn't come yet on Pentecost. She thinks somebody has stolen the body. Maybe some of the disciples. Maybe the Roman troops moved them at night uh, in order to uh, give him some uh, quiet away from there and those who went to try to remove the body would be arrested. Whatever the reason, uh, Mary believes that someone has moved the body. So Peter and the other disciple, John, they ran to the tomb. And uh, when they bent down and saw the burial cloth, but did not go in, they both ran. They arrived at the tomb. And Peter, who arrived first, went into the tomb and saw the burial cloth there and the cloth that had been placed on Jesus. 
and the other disciple also went in, John. And Peter looked inside, but it is the other disciples, the other disciple, John. The gospel tells us he saw and believed. That's the example of perfect faith. He saw. He saw what? He saw the empty tomb. He saw the garments. But he believed. He remembered the words of Jesus. The third day, the Son of Man, I will rise. And this is the third day. And he believed. That is the true faith. It is believing what may not be initially visible or present, but through the Holy Spirit, remembering the words of Jesus. It is that perfect faith. We see that present in this disciple. And John says, for they did not yet understand the scripture that he had to rise from the dead. They didn't fully understand it, the disciples. While they didn't understand it, John surrenders in trust and belief. There are many things we don't understand, we don't quite fully comprehend. That's true in human relationships. Very often we don't understand our own behavior. We are a mystery to ourselves. How much more, infinitely more, the mystery of God that God would send his only son to suffer and die on a cross between two thieves in order to reconcile us, open the gates of heaven, and allow God's love to touch us into eternity. Eventually, of course, the word will spread. He is not among the dead, he is living. Today is a day of incredible joy in heaven, earth, and under the earth. For Jesus did ascend into hell, into the place of the dead, to bring them the news that he had risen. It is a day of tremendous liberation over the great enemies of the human person, sin and death. It is the defeat of the one who hates us, Satan, because Satan is jealous because we have the hope of what he has forfeited, eternal life with God, for whom we are made. God is our destiny. God is our hope. God is our fulfillment. So on this day of tremendous joy, rejoicing, a day of tremendous thanksgiving, Glory to God the Father for the gift of his Son. Glory to the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life who raised Jesus. And glory, praise, and thanksgiving to our Lord and Savior, who took upon himself all our sins, took them to the cross on our behalf. So let us today, day of great joy, thankfulness and praise of God. Let us lift 
all those near and dear to us who have died and commend them to the risen Christ. Let the graces of this day may befall and may come to our loved ones so that in God's good time they will see God as he is, the divine face of life and light. For that is our hope, that is our destiny. May it be a true and final destination. God bless you, and once again, a blessed Easter to all of you. Please, and your loved ones, may God, the risen Christ, the Father and the Son, bless you in abundance. Amen.